0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. In episode 16, we're going to talk a little bit about video review, especially in the NHL and NFL. And in segment number two, I'm going to talk about who I believe the Sabres should be targeting in free agency. Stick around. This one's going to be fun. Before we start rolling with this episode, I want to take a time out to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to me on a weekly basis, and thank you for sharing me with your friends and family. This podcast is growing slowly, but surely. I also want to say, keep sharing me to your friends and family. The more people that hear me and listen to me, the better this podcast can become. Let everybody know that they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Buffalo 716. Again, thank you for all your support. I really appreciate it. Now let's keep rolling with the episode. Alright, we're going to kick off this podcast, as we always do, with some of the top stories from around sports. One of the top stories is the NFL will open a training academy in London this fall. In September, athletes ages 16 to 18 will have a chance to participate. In other news in the NFL, Jason Pierre-Paul out indefinitely after a single vehicle accident. In that accident, it is reported that JPP has a fractured neck. It's also being reported that this could potentially end his season. Also in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins are going to make cornerback Xavier Howard the highest paid cornerback in the league as he signs a five-year, $76.5 million contract with $46 million guaranteed. Speaking of signings, the Buffalo Bills signed all seven of their draft picks from the 2019 NFL Draft. And also, news from the Bills quarterback, Derek Anderson has announced that he is going to be retiring. This will pave the way for the UB Bulls undrafted free agent signing quarterback, Tyree Jackson, to make the Buffalo Bills roster. In some other news around the NHL, the NHL Conference Finals have started with Boston taking a 1-0 lead in the series after a 5-2 win against Carolina. The Western Conference Finals features the Blues and the Sharks, which starts on May 11th. Also around hockey news, both the United States and Canada fall in their opening games of the IIHF men's tournament in Slovakia. The United States loses its first game to Slovakia, 4-1, Four to one and Canada loses three to one. That's going to do it for all of the top stories from around sports this week. Stick around in segment number one. I'm going to give you my opinion on video reviews in sports, particularly in the NHL and the NFL. And also in segment two, I'm going to talk about who I believe the Sabres should go after in free agency. Alright, welcome to segment number one of episode 16 of Sports Talk Buffalo. In this segment, I want to talk a little bit about video reviews around sports, particularly like like I said before, in the NHL and the NFL. Now there are a couple of incidents that happened, especially in the NHL, as the NHL playoffs are going on right now, that... Have people such as Mike Harrington, who is the who is a writer uh, for the Buffalo News, I believe, and obviously follows the Buffalo sports scene, kind of had him up in arms, and and other people up in arms also, and I, I guess I just don't understand why. Let's go over a couple of the incidents that I am talking about. In round one, game seven, a major penalty was given to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, that probably shouldn't have been a major penalty. Um, The Sharks score four goals on that major penalty, and they come back and they win the game in overtime, propelling the Sharks into the second round. And now, as we've seen, the Sharks go on to the uh, Western Conference final. Now, obviously, that was a game seven. That was a very big moment in the game. But if you watch that play in fast motion, it looks a lot worse than it is uh you see the player on the ice he is hurt um you know it's it's hard to really fault the referee in that situation um especially that he's standing fairly close to the incident you know he can he can see what happens and things like that but that's part of what I'm I'm trying to get at this is these things happen it's part of the game These games are fast. They're played by the best athletes in the world. We'll go on to another Game 7. This time it's Colorado versus the Sharks. The Sharks seem to be on the good end of of some of these video reviews, or non-video reviews, mind you. Um, They throw their, quote, challenge flag that they instituted in the NHL, which is god-awful for an offsides against the Avalanche. And it turns out that while the Avalanche were changing, one of their players did not get off the ice fast enough before, uh, the you know, he didn't get off the ice before the puck entered the zone. And this technically is offsides, but he had nothing to do with the play. Uh, he didn't influence the play in any way, shape, or form. The puck didn't bounce off of him uh he didn't go in on a rush you know he didn't stick handle the puck at all he he literally had nothing to do with the play he was coming off the ice and they did the review and of course it was called back no goal because he was uh, in the zone and things like that and i think that's a very perverted uh, idea of what they thought about when they were instituting the interf- or the uh offside challenge rule Again, I, I don't like that rule, or I don't like the, the offside challenge at all. I think it should be completely uh, thrown out in the NHL. I think it's absolute trash that uh, a guy's skate is a millimeter off the ice, and it's caught by a camera, and, and and that's offside. That has no no bearing on the play. That's not what that rule, or that's not what this was intended for, so, and and obviously now we're seeing the unintended consequences of that. Uh, we're seeing plays like the game seven where goals disallowed, even though the player really had nothing to do with, uh, the play at all. They just need to get rid of it completely. Another, uh, incident is the Bruins, uh, Charlie McAvoy, uh, throws a body check, hits the guy, uh, in the head. Knocks him down, you know, he lays on, the guy lays on the ice for a few minutes, uh, the Columbus Blue Jacket player, his name slips my mind. Uh, He lays on the ground for a minute, should it have been a five minute penalty, should it have been a two minute penalty, should he, uh, McAvoy been kicked out of the game, I don't know. McAvoy did subsequently get a two game suspension from the NHL, Uh, so he did not play in game one, he will not play in game two um, for the Boston Bruins, but. Uh, a lot of people are saying that instead of two minutes, it should have been five minutes. A game misconduct. Uh, at that point, the game was only one to nothing, so Columbus would have had a chance to really get back, get themselves back in the game there. Um, and like I said, guys like Mike Harrington are saying, why can't we review penalties and non-penalties and a whole slew of other things? And like I said. I would much rather the flow of the game not be interrupted and and just let the referees do their job, basically. Let these guys do their job. If they make a bad call, so what? So what? There's There's been plenty of bad calls against uh, Buffalo teams, and, and I've lived with it. It is what it is. You move on. You know, it's not... Uh, I, I'm just so tired of watching games and... Review Now you have to review this, and review that, and review this, and now a review takes 10 minutes, and you just completely lose, you know, pretty much interest in the game, you know, now you start flipping through channels, now, you know, things like that, it, it just, it takes away the flow of the game, the whole flow of the game, the feeling of the game, if the game is intense, it just kills the intensity completely, things like that, it's just... Uh, It's annoying to watch, especially in the NHL, um, where the flow of the game is is a very important thing. Now, again, in the NFL, the NFL has expanded their uh, replay, so now they can um, review potential pass interference or non-pass interference calls because of the tobacco that happened in the NFC Championship game. To the New Orleans Saints, yes, they they should have been in the Super Bowl. Yes, it was absolutely egregious. But in how about instead of replay, we just hold referees a little bit more accountable? How about we just hold these guys more accountable? If these guys are so terrible at their jobs, let's get rid of them. Let's get rid of them. We can hire other people. There's other people that are going to line up to do that job. NFL referees get paid good money to do that job. There's tons of college referees that can that would love to step right in and start calling NFL games. There's tons of uh, high school coaches that would probably lo- or coaches uh, referees that would love to jump up to the college level and, and and be referees in the college level. Why do we have to sit here and, and review the same play on 14 different angles? Uh, none of which show you anything different. It's all the same freaking thing. Completely destroy any emotion, any, any, for me, it's any joy in the game. You're basically just killing it. It's just, it's, it's annoying. It's aggravating. And I, and Harrington shared a tweet of mine, uh, that I, he asked, would I rather get the call right or would I rather just, get rid of replay and live with whatever was called on the ice and i said i would rather live with whatever's called on the ice i really would and i i wholeheartedly believe that it's not an opinion that a lot of people share but it is my opinion and the more i uh do this podcast and the more i talk about sports the more i realize i'm kind of like uh, i think i've said this before i'm kind of like the old man standing on my porch you know shaking my fist and screaming at the kids to get off my front lawn um but that's just the way I feel. That's the way I feel. That's you know, growing up watching games without all this technology. I feel like it was way better. I remember I have fond memories of watching the NFL and the NHL without all these silly reviews and all these silly rules and this and that. It just I enjoyed the game better probably about 10 years ago for both the NFL and the NHL. But that's my opinion on video reviews in the NHL and the NFL. Get rid of all of it and just let the referees do their job. That, you know, hold the referees accountable. Stick around. In the next segment, I'm going to talk about the Buffalo Sabres and some potential free agents that I believe that they should potentially go after uh, in this upcoming offseason. So stick around. Uh, It's going to be a blast. All right, welcome to segment number two of Sports Talk Buffalo. In this segment, I want to talk a little bit about the potential free agents the Buffalo Sabres could and should go after. Some of the top 25 free agents, number one, of course, being the bread man, Artemi Panarin, left wing. He had 28 goals and 87 points this past season. Uh, a fan, Another fantastic season for Panarin. He is in line for a monster payday. Another guy who is going to be an unrestricted free agent, potentially, is Eric Carlson. He's a right defenseman who played 53 games. He had 45 points in those 53 games, but just three goals. And his salary last year was $6.5 million. Now, of course, we all know the continuing saga of Jeff Skinner. The Sabres made a big trade, not really giving away too much for Jeff Skinner and with the hopes that they would be able to play well enough for him to be enticed to want to stay here and be Jack Eichel's left wing on the first line. Now, Skinner played 82 games. He had 28 goals in or 28 goals I'm sorry he had 40 goals and 63 points I apologize I was looking at the wrong player uh in all eight he played in all 82 games um but here's the thing with Jeff Skinner he was completely completely invisible for about 23 games i think he scored one goal in 23 games and for a 40 goal scorer that is insane He was on on a crazy pace at the beginning of the year, I understand that, and I didn't think that he would keep up with that pace, but did I think that he would score one goal in something like 23 games? I did not, especially playing with a guy like Jack Eichel. One of the things the Sabres desperately, desperately, desperately need is a second-line center. I thought that going into the season, if we were going to keep Ryan O'Reilly, that we would actually be in a very good position, with Eichel being 1, O'Reilly being 2, and Casey Middlestat being 3, as when he was the third-line center, Casey Middlestat, in his first six games, had five points. I thought that that was a a very good role for him, a very good spot for him to come in and learn, and and then potentially take over the reins from Ryan O'Reilly a guy that could potentially be out there, is Matt Duchesne. People say that Duchesne had the curse, and whatever team he went to, they were terrible, and they didn't make the playoffs, and that was true for a little bit. But then he went to Columbus, played extraordinarily well, and he may also be in line for a big payday. Uh, He could be that second-line center for you. He could be that second-line center for you. He could be a, a, a 1B option to Eichel's 1A. Uh, Duchesne played in 73 games. He had 31 goals and 70 points. He had a salary last year of $6 million. We had some very big contracts come off the books this past season, one being Matt Molson and the other being uh, Jason Pominville. That frees up quite a bit of cap space to be able to potentially go after one of these guys, sign them when free agent signing starts on July 1st and it, you know, that, I think that would drastically make the Sabres better. It would give them at least two lines, possibly three, if you slot Middlestad in on that third line. And depending on where you, you play Evan Rodriguez, maybe even a fourth line if you slot Rodriguez down into that fourth center spot. There's some other guys out there that are, you know, that could be potentially interesting for you. Uh, maybe uh, Gustav Nyquist from San Jose. He's 29 years old. Played in 81 games and he had 22 goals and 60 points. That is a good, uh, well, for the Sabers, that's a good first tier score, but that is a good second, uh, second tier score. You might be able to get him also at a at a discount um, if you don't want to spend the big money for somebody like Jeff Skinner. Uh, I think Gustav Nyquist would actually be a a very good, you know, kind of consolation. So to speak, um for the Sabres if they wanted to go that route. Now I know Nyquist is two years older uh than Jack or Jack Eichel than Jeff Skinner. Um but that's kinda like I said, that yeah, I mean you give him a, maybe what, a five year deal at uh, you know, he made four point seven five million dollars last year, sixty points. You're looking at six and a half million, seven million dollars a year for for five years. There have been worse contracts that the Sabers have had. Some of the other guys on here: Ryan Dezingle, Uh maybe Brock Nelson. You want a, You want a second line center? If the New York Islanders don't lock up Brock Nelson, 27 years old, played 82 games, had 25 goals and 53 points. That's a solid second line center right there. Um, you know, you you give him some halfway decent talent, and and that guy's going to be your your second line center and and be able to produce, give you that's you know give you that second-line scoring, that next tier of scoring that the Sabres needed so, 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 so badly last year. On the back end of guys, we have a guy like Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes, uh, 27 years old, a big kid, uh, played in 71 games, had 19 goals and 55 points, and he earned a salary of $5.18 million last year. I don't know if he's in in line for a huge payday, but, I mean, maybe he could, he could slot in there as that second, you know, that 2-3 guy, depending, again, on Middlestat and how Middlestat's playing. If Middlestat comes out and plays to his potential and plays the way we have seen him play in Buffalo, especially in the World Juniors and things like that, we don't need that second-line center. We have him in Casey Middlestat. And then we can slot a guy like Kevin Hayes into that third-line uh, center position, and that would be uh, spectacular, uh, honestly. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys out here um, in the top 25 that I think the Sabres should go after on top of those guys there. Um, you know, you want some second-tier scoring. Maybe a, a Michael Furland from Carolina uh 27 years old played in 71 games 17 goals and 40 points um he's probably going to get a bit of a bump uh but that's I feel like that's going to be a guy who's going to give you that third line scoring you know just add again to to the sabers and and give them that depth the depth that they need to potentially make a run to the playoffs now an, another interesting player that's out there is Sergei Bobrovsky? Now Bobrovsky is 30 years old. He played in 62 games. He had a goals against average of 2.53 and a save percentage of a 0.913. But he had a massive salary cap hit last year, especially for a goalie at 7.43, and it's probably going to stay around there and maybe even get a little bit higher for for Bob. So. I don't really foresee the Sabres going after somebody like him. I don't know what the Sabres do at the goaltending position. I really don't. Uh, Allmark showed flashes at the beginning of the season. He was unbelievable. Same thing with Carter Hutton. He was very, very solid at the beginning of the season. And as the season wore on, he got exposed. And so did Linus Allmark. Both guys got exposed. And the defense got exposed. So you have to build, Jason Botterell just has a ton of work to do for the Buffalo Sabres this offseason. This is his last chance. Who he hires as head coach, that's basically, he's going to put his job on the line with that coach. And with the players that he's going to put out here this next season, he's got maybe one, two seasons left before I think he really gets fired. And the Sabres have to start all over again, which is it's frustrating. It's frustrating to say the least. Uh, you're just wasting all of the talent of, of Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart. An- another guy that you have to sign, by the way, uh, Sam Reinhart is signed through the end of this upcoming year at a bargain price, but if he keeps ascending the way that he is, he's going to cost the Sabres a little bit of money. I would say that the Sabres could drastically get better with one player uh, which is Mitch Marner uh, right wing but I think the compensation that you would have to give up to get Mitch Marner is a little bit too steep of a price at least in my opinion they're saying that Mitch Marner is looking for you know 11 and a half plus million dollars a year which would put him on that top stratosphere and the Sabres Compensation would have to give up four first-round picks because Mitch Marner is a restricted free agent. Now, I don't know if Toronto is open to trading him. I believe that they should be because they're in a little bit of a cap predicament with signing Nylander, with signing uh, Tavares, and with having to sign or signing uh, Austin Matthews. They're in a tough spot, and I think the Sabres should take advantage of it. Now, do I think Toronto is going to trade Mitch Marner to the Buffalo Sabres? You know, somebody that's in their division. Highly, highly, highly doubt it. Um, the Sabres would have to basically give them a king's ransom for them to be willing to trade to Buffalo. But that's all I got for this week, guys. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter. Sports Talk Buffalo 716. Uh, If you want any updates on the podcast, also you can let your friends know you can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. Again, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening. You have a good week.